2: Presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All
6: right. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Dr. Kelly Victory with us today, as well as Steve House. Start with Dr. Kelly. Welcome. How are you this week?
3: Hey, I'm doing great. I'm in Colorado actually today, where it is a beautiful bluebird day. Cold, cold, but beautiful.
6: It is. So I'm glad you're in the state. Thank you, Steve House. Uh, Where are you at today, by the way?
0: California. And it's been a while since I've been here, but it's obvious that Kelly must live here because the billboards all talk about her. (laughs) And I'm just shocked that you know, she's so famous here. <laughs> Good one. All right. And for those of you listening,
6: Dr. Kelly joins us on, on a pretty routine basis, this hour especially. And we've done this now for a number of years. So you can find out all about her by going to the website, RushToReason.com. Some of you that are listening, maybe for the very first time, traveling through, whatever the case may be. We've talked everything from, you know, COVID data during COVID to the repercussions of to the vaccines, to all sorts of things in between, how to stay healthy, you name it, we've talked about it. They're all on our website, RushToReason.com. There's an entire page dedicated to Dr. Kelly. Steve, the way you fit it into all of this is you put all this together in the first place and let let those folks that may, again, be tuning in the first time know who you are.
0: So I've, I've fundamentally been a healthcare person for 41 years now. I've been In the consulting and executive spaces for a while. I've worked for a provider, I've worked for an insurance company, and I've also worked for vendors and consulting firms. So healthcare is my bag, and I really, really enjoy the industry, although it's in great peril right now.
6: It is. Now, what what, what I want to start with today, and Steve, you're a data guy. I mean, Dr. Kelly, you are as well. We all three are. We looked at a lot of the data that came through during COVID and watched all sorts of different things that were happening. And this past week, Alex Brenson, who I should also mention, all of you listening, Alex is not somebody that is on the conservative side of the aisle. Now, when it comes to COVID and everything that's gone on, he probably, not probably, he definitely is on our side. And why he still is on the other side of the aisle, I, guys, I can't answer that because everything when it comes to COVID, Alex really thinks the way we do. He brings a lot of great things out. He was censored, by the way, Dr. Kelly, on Twitter back in the day, just like you were, and it's really where he started, I guess you could say – his substack, he started doing things on a daily basis, getting the word out, letting people know what was going on. He's been a great voice for this side of the aisle.
3: He has, although you rightly point out, number one, he is not traditionally a conservative. Nope. And early on, he and I went head to head on a number of items. He pushed back, for example, very hard on the idea that there were excess deaths following the rollout of the COVID vaccine program uh he pushed back on a lot of that early data and was a bit of a naysayer saying you know how do we know it's not long covid how do we know it's not covid right. uh causing these uh, these deaths and now i believe as time has gone by he has come around uh and that's been helpful because i do think that when you have people from both sides of the aisle or people who initially believed one way and then came over. Another person who people might be aware of is somebody like Dr. Asim Malhotra, who is a, right,
6: a right. You know,
3: preeminent cardiologist, British cardiologist, who was a vaccine zealot with regard to COVID. He got vaccinated, he was pushing it heavily, and it was only after his father died of what he firmly believes was a vaccine-related injury that he has now really delved into the data and come to the same conclusion, obviously, that you and I and Steve and now uh, Alex Berenson and, and many others have come to. Uh, but it didn't. It took Alex a little while to get there.
6: So, Steve, this past week, Alex released a few things when it came to data on, you know, vaccine related deaths. And there's you know, been all sorts of things along those lines. You and I and Dr. Kelly have covered it many times. But this past week, I mean, I guess the way to say this, Steve, is some things are finally becoming more and more public. We still don't see those in that industry backing away from any of their mantra on them. But yet we're seeing, I guess you could say almost a, I don't want to say a tidal wave, but it's definitely a wave in our direction on getting the truth out.
0: Well, yeah, if you think about where the vaccine folks were initially to where they are today, there was about let's say three major legs they were standing on one was that it would prevent you from getting it and we found out that wasn't true two was you you wouldn't transmit it we found that that was true and then the third leg they'd been standing on for a long time is you'd be better off to be vaccinated than unvaccinated regarding hospitalizations right. and or death and now that doesn't appear to be true either so for the folks who are you know pro vaccine and you know Anthony Fauci and his team which get paid massive royalties for it. There is no third leg. I don't think there is a fourth leg. I mean, they for a while they thought they would blame, you know, COVID itself for a bunch of things like myocarditis. That didn't play out. So I think this is the final straw. If there's something else, I don't see it in my future.
6: Dr. Kelly, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, are we getting to a point finally where – Even some of the universities, some of the studies, now that people have really started to delve into what's happening in regards to, you know, deaths among individuals vaccinated or not, and they're starting to determine that, wait a minute, time out, this whole idea on the front side that folks like us that aren't vaccinated would somehow be dead by now, but quite opposite, we are very much alive and those that are vaccinated seem to be struggling with more illness, disease and so on. Are we finally reaching that point, like I just asked Steve a moment ago, where this is becoming more public?
3: Well, it's clearly more public. The, the issue is whether or not people want to see it.
6: Many people
3: have such profound cognitive dissonance that they absolutely refuse to see it. Let's remember, we were promised three things about the vaccines. First, we were promised and we had all the talking heads in the mainstream media from Rachel Maddow on down yep. promising, swearing that if you got vaccinated, you would not get COVID. Right. Well, very quickly, we it's you know, that, it that stops that the teleport.
6: transmission right now in its tracks, well, Dr. Kelly.
3: Right. Well, so, right. So first it was you're not going to get COVID. Then they went to transmission. OK, yes, you might still get tra- COVID if you're vaccinated, but you can't transmit it to others. It will stop you from spreading it to the person next to you or to, to grandma. Well, very quickly, that fell apart. And it turns out they hadn't even studied that. So they had no idea whether or not it would stop transmission. But it became very obvious early on that that wasn't true. So then they went to the third pillar, which was, okay. well, you can still get COVID and you can still spread it. But if you're vaccinated, it will assure that you have a less severe course of it. You'll do better in the hospital and you won't die from it. And it turns out that that was an absolute lie as well. And the data are now replete, you know, that this is clearly uh, not the case. And as Steve pointed out, you actually fare worse with COVID if you're vaccinated than if you're not vaccinated. So the entire narrative has fallen apart. More and more people are becoming aware of it. Yet, as you said, John, at the beginning, this has not changed the recommendation. Nope. We still have the CDC, the FDA, all of the uh, vaccine manufacturers, and many of the colleges of medicine, meaning the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the American College of Pediatrics, still... Pushing these shots, you know, despite the fact that we have a mountain a mountain uh, of evidence on the harms from them.
6: Yep. Oh, you're exactly right. And again, folks, the reason why we keep talking about this on Thursdays is because of that very fact, Dr. Kelly, of what you said a moment ago. The simple fact that this continues to go on, they're continuing to push it. I'm going to get into a few other things today when it comes to just the whole mRNA, I guess you could say, technology and what it's bringing about. And Steve. I think you would agree with me that there are, you know, there's bigger fish to fry when it comes to big pharma and the the folks that are behind all of this. In other words, everybody listening, please hear me on this. This isn't just about a COVID vaccine. This runs much deeper than that, doesn't it, Steve?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, in theory, you want to change the entire drug delivery system to an mRNA type structure. It's obviously not going to work for all drugs, but for as many as they can, right. especially in the vaccine front. right? You want, to, you want to stick an envelope in a cell, you want to deliver a spike protein or deliver something that generates a spike protein. And You want to do that for every virus out there. In theory, that's what they want to do. But so far, that framework, that structure has not worked. And it's proven to be very problematic with regard to myocarditis and heart-related stuff, in addition to what we've seen with COVID, the vaccine as well. And some
6: of this is a little bit of review. So, Dr. Kelly, why would they want that delivery system?
3: Well, I think there's no question. They have had uh, interest in developing the mRNA platform for decades. They see it as a very useful way to do a lot of things. To deliver a number of drugs, to change um, genetic ex, uh, expression, to be able to presumably treat um, some infectious diseases, but more so to actually modify and modulate genetics. Um, I said at the very beginning of this debacle, uh, back in 2020, before the first shot was in anybody's arms, I said I believe the uh, big part of the COVID pandemic, and that's what it
6: was, yep. Yep. was
3: a was a strategy to make mRNA a household word, to make people believe that this was a heavily tested, very successful safe and effective platform for delivery, and so that it's no big deal when we now have mRNA, uh, quote, vaccines for influenza or mRNA, quote, shots for cancer or mRNA shots to, to prevent or treat any particular illness or condition, when in fact, mRNA, yes, they've been studying it for many years, well more than a decade. But it has failed over and over and over again, sometimes with disastrous results, Mm. you know, where all the animals in the study die or where all the animals in the study have some, you know, horrific outcome. Uh, so I, they definitely want this. It's a platform that has tremendous, uh, ramifications and opportunities. For pharmaceutical companies to make a lot of money delivering things in this way but boy we what we are finding out with this failed experiment and that's what it is mm-hmm. a hev- highly failed experiment with covid is that you don't you, we need more testing we need more time we have no idea all of the potential uh, ill effects these shots can have
6: On the money front, and Steve, you can answer this as easily as Dr. Kelly can. I mean, why would, because I'm being devil's advocate here, all those listening, because again, we get new listeners each and every week, and I have to always remind myself of that. Sometimes I get in the trap of just, you know, talking as we're continuing on and never reviewing some of the stuff that we've covered, even, you know, and, and forgetting that we've got new listeners that come along on a routine basis. So, Steve, why would mRNA technology generate more revenue for the drug companies?
0: Well, because in theory, you're going to get to market much faster. If you have a, if you have a platform that's approved by the FDA and all you're doing is you're changing the makeup of what you're going to do to help the immune system attack a virus. It's much faster, much simpler. Essentially, it means, you know, the drug company can go and say, look, this is just another mRNA vaccine. All we're doing is changing it from, you know, COVID to swine flu or to okay. whatever it may be, a, okay. a flu vaccine or influenza vaccine. So it really saves the drug companies a lot of money. I was going to say, Maybe their R&D D gets cut doesn't...
6: back immensely, right?
0: Right, and and they get to market a lot quicker.
6: Okay, which so in some, really which in some cases, going. and that was part of the problem we had here, Dr. Kelly, is this came to market far too quickly. We've talked about that before, not near enough testing, still wouldn't be approved in, in the general terms of how things actually work when it comes to drug companies bringing something to market, this thing still would not be approved to this day. So to Steve's point, if they can you know, cut something that would normally take anywhere from six to 10 years down to months, that's huge, right?
3: Absolutely. And look, let's, let's be very clear. The FDA is in on it. Uh, the mm-hmm. FDA breached its, you know, its mandate to look after the well-being right. and the, you know, the best interests of, of the people on this. You know, I listened to the hours and hours of uh, meetings with the advisory committees on this before they actually approved quote unquote Uh, these shots for the emergency use authorization and then subsequently approved them for children, uh, approved them for infants, approved them for use in pregnant women. And it is unconscionable how they came to that conclusion. They would even acknowledge during, it was tantamount to the old, you know, we have to pass Obamacare so we can see what's in it. It was the same thing. They said, well, we have to approve these things so we can get them in people's arms so we can see what the effect is. You know, see what happens. Right. I mean, it's in other words, let's just sign everybody up as a subject in the experiment, whether they want to be or not. We just won't call them subjects in an experiment, but that way we'll be able to gather the data. So the FDA has fast, they certainly fast-tracked inappropriately. Yeah. It's, a, it's irrefutable. They fast-tracked it inappropriately for the mRNA shots for COVID, and they're going to do the same thing, I fear, going forward to allow the drug companies to get these things uh, to market in a, you know, in, a, in a way and in a time frame that they would never otherwise get them there.
6: And I want to make sure we Thank add John. this in. No, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Comment. Go ahead.
0: So, so, so the other thing about this, of course, is that because you had an EUA situation, right? you could fast-track it, like Kelly was talking about. And if you can get the platform approved, then that means from there, you don't need other crises to Mm. get it done faster. That's the big deal. So ultimately, that's the situation we're in. And I think I think this really opens up the process for the question had to be asked during the pandemic early on. The question was being asked, how many people have to die from covid before we allow a drug that may actually fix the problem, a vaccine and fix the problem to be tried, even if people get hurt by that? Isn't that better than having people die from COVID? And I, it's a crazy notion, a crazy question, but that is what I believe they did.
6: And what's happened since? And and we got a couple minutes here before a break. We, I mean, the three of us, because we're not vaccinated, is very well known that we're not. We said that publicly many, many times. We're now the control group, right, guys?
3: Oh, you better we believe are. We, are. <laughs> we are, and they've been trying very hard to to eliminate. Yeah, they the don't want us, group. right? And it- to, to make it clear to those people who are listening if it's if it's not obvious the control group are those of us who had COVID and never got vaccinated right what happens to us they tried very hard to mandate the control group away to shame the control group away to you know belittle and you know yep. sort of just uh, bully the that's control right. group away that's but right they didn't succeed and there are a group of us who in 2024 despite all of the you know grief and, and pressure that was you know heaped upon well, us, yeah, I mean Dr. Kelly really quick to, to
6: remind everybody it was everything from having a job, traveling, going certain places, attending certain things. I mean on down the line we go. I mean you, you know you say yeah, I mean this wasn't just for all of you listening, a soft nudge for those that weren't vaccinated to get vaccinated. Do, to your point, Dr. Kelly, they did everything but hold you down and jab you and in some cases did.
3: Absolutely. And I was listening to uh, Matt Ganks, uh grilling uh, Lloyd Austin about his, uh, you know, his absence, you know, when yes. he did yes. not disclose his, his cancer and was absent from his post for a matter of days when we're in the middle of uh, three different wars. Uh, and he was asking him, look, you know, you felt that clearly that that was your private business that you didn't need to share it. And it's your medical, you know, your body, your medical decisions, blah, blah, blah. What about the 86 86- Hundred military who got kicked out, lost their pensions, lost right. their careers, lost everything because they didn't want to get vaccinated against their will. Right? It is the nonstop, you know, rules yep. for thee but not for That's me right. uh, from the very highest level. Total hypocrisy.
6: All right, we'll come right back. Questions? By the way, I should have mentioned this earlier. You can always text us a question, especially those of you listening for the first time. If you have a question for Doctor Kelly or Steve, please text me. We'll get that answered. Three zero seven. Two hundred eighty-two twenty-two. I've got a couple already that have come in, but three hundred seven two hundred eighty-two twenty-two. And for all of your mortgage needs, give Kurt Rogers a call. Especially those of you that may be listening out of state. Kurt's service is now about nine different states. Seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred.
7: Are you waiting for rates to go down? Are all of your monthly payments too much? No room for taxes or insurance increases. Take aim, affordable interest mortgage. Do you have rates in the threes and fours on your mortgage? We can help you lower your total monthly payments by 700 to 1200 a month. Money saved is money earned. 720 500 Affordable Interest Mortgage. Have you purchased a home in the last two years? With rates down 1% to 1.5%, start saving hundreds now. Take aim and let our experience save you money. 720 500 have you taken out an FHA or VA loan? With rates dropping, they offer a streamlined loan that requires no income verification, no increase in current payoff, no appraisal required, and payments $250 to $400 a month lower. And you may also be able to skip two payments. Take AIM, 720 500 We have been saving homeowners thousands since 2001. It's like giving yourself a raise. Affordable interest mortgage, 720 500 That's 720 500 NMLS 217-147, regulated by DORA, equal credit lender.
6: All right, and if you want a medical provider that thinks just like we do here, the very same things that we're talking about right now, that is Dr. Scott Faulkner. Give him a call today, 303-663-6990.
8: Do you want to improve your health, fitness, and beauty? Are you an athlete recovering from an injury? A weekend warrior who is sore from your last workout? Do you have a chronic medical condition trying to meet a health and wellness goal, Or maybe you are looking for a great doctor who thinks the way you do. Dr. Scott Faulkner and Castle Rock Regenerative Healthcare is your path to a healthier tomorrow. Owner Dr. Scott is a board certified internal medicine specialist bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he uses umbilical derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven. To be the most potent stem cells available. Worried about being lost in the crowd of impersonal health care? Fear not, Dr. Scott is a big picture doctor, not beholden to big pharma like some other providers. He takes the time to understand your unique needs and will customize your health care to fit you, your body, and your lifestyle. Reach your full potential and achieve your goals. Call Dr. Scott today at 303 303- Six six three sixty nine ninety, or visit him online at Health dot com, or find him at RushToReason dot com.
6: Level Engineering is solar right for you? Talk to Alan today and find out. Alan Davis, find him at KLRadio dot com.
2: Alan Davis with Level Engineering knows that the power company is not your friend; that they don't have your best interests at heart. Aside from getting your power back on during an outage, they do three ugly things. First, they install a smart meter on your home to charge you surge fees up to 300% during peak times. Next, they use some of your money to lobby public utility commissions to increase your bill. The power company tries to squeeze money out of you everywhere they can. But Alan Davis has the answer for you. Solar power will allow you to produce your own energy and get the power company out of your wallet. Call Alan Davis of Level Engineering to rid you and your family of the greedy power company and take a major step towards energy independence. You just need to reach out to Alan by going to klzradio.com solar for a free, no obligation consultation. No liberal media bias here. This is Rush to Reason.
6: And we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Myself, Dr. Kelly Victory, Steve House. It is leap year day, by the way. I should have mentioned that to begin with. So once every four years, February 29th comes along. Dr. Kelly, a question came in from a listener. Is hydroxychloroquine essentially the same for COVID as ivermectin? Been taking ivermectin before, had great results, but my practitioner recommends Hydroxychloroquine this time for COVID. I read that it is similar to steroids, and I have a lot of trouble with steroids.
3: Well, they're they're quite different drugs. Um, they both have been around for many many decades. Have been FDA approved for use in humans for many many decades, and are uh, very safe drugs. Have very good safety profiles. In contradistinction, I might uh, add to things like remdesivir and Paxlovid, right, right. which have not been around and do not have good safety profiles. Uh, but they act very differently. Um, I, Ivermectin, in its own right, is a very good antiviral, uh, has uh, anti-inflammatory properties, um, and has been used, you know, for those reasons uh over decades very successfully. Hydroxychloroquine is a different mechanism of action, but was well known to be successful in treating SARS-CoV-1. In fact, it was Anthony Fauci's uh, Department that wrote the big study on it in 2005, saying that both chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine were very successful in treating SARS-CoV-1 back in 2003. And that's part of the reason we had good reason to believe that it would be successful in treating SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. Uh, so they both work quite effectively. I think that ivermectin has probably shown a little bit better um, results uh, than than hydroxychloroquine. But at this point, I don't know why you would treat Covid with either of them. The Covid that is out there right now is extraordinarily mild. Um, everyone I know and all of my patients uh, are being treated with simple over-the-counter medications like Sudafed and some Robitussin and some, uh, you know, ibuprofen right. or Tylenol. Right. Uh, it does. Have, I, I can't imagine. Uh, I haven't seen anybody who's particularly sick with it. Um, You know, it's it's really kind of a pretty common upper respiratory infection right now. Um, I would save the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine uh, as, you know, kind of dry powder, if you will, for the next thing that might come along, whatever that might be, whether it's disease X or whatever else uh, they decide to launch upon us. Uh, But right now, I don't think unless you are really, really an anomaly and profoundly sick with a case of COVID, uh, i just let it run its course.
6: And, and again, we've talked about this before as well. I want to make sure we say this really quick to dovetail into that too, because there's folks out there that will, you know, text me and say, well, I got really, really sick and I knew I had COVID and no, I was much, much sicker than Dr. Kelly just said. Well, Dr. Kelly, you've also explained here in the past several months that, yeah, you may have had a COVID test. It may have been positive, but did you really have COVID or was it something else affecting you? And, or did you have a mild case of COVID and have something else along with it? So I think we need to be really careful Dr. Kelly, where a medical provider may say, yeah, you've got COVID and you're really doing, you know, you're, you're really ill and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, is it just COVID or do they have something else as well?
3: Yeah, right. I, I suspect that most of these people don't have COVID at all. I've said from the beginning, the PCR tests are heavily, heavily flawed tests. They were never intended for this. And let me ask, if you doubt that, let me ask you a, a pressing question just to sort of, sure. you know, chew on. Uh, is, Given, you know, we know we've got to have all these boosters, right? Again, the right. reason we have to have the boosters is because the, the virus, everybody knows, hopefully by now mutates very quickly. So you had the original two shots, and then and then we needed to get the, the booster because the, vi- the virus had changed, and then we needed another booster because the virus had changed, and then we needed another booster because the virus had changed. Isn't it interesting that you didn't need a new PCR test?
6: Uh, good point.
3: The virus is changing, 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 but somehow you're supposed to believe that that same swab yeah. that they marched out there in great 2020 point. to shove up your nose every 15 minutes, that that one is still good. That test is still good. What, Really? Um,
6: <laughs> yeah, h- great how, point. Just, just no, great point. That. Great point. And again, I just want to make sure that we're very clear that, you know, we're not saying that some of you haven't gotten very, very ill you know, over the winter months. I mean, there's still, Dr. Kelly, we've talked about it, Steve, all the way through COVID even. Flu didn't go away. Other viruses didn't go away. I mean, there were other things still running around at that time, even through COVID. The problem is every single thing that came up, anytime somebody had some sort of sniffle, it was
0: automatically COVID no matter what. That is true. I mean, there was no flu, right? Right. I want to take a I want to take a run at you guys on on ivermectin in okay. one other way that we haven't talked about so much, but you both know that I go to Africa. Um, right. In African countries, you know, Kenya is a good example, right? A lot of poor people, very poor diets, right. don't end up with diabetes. They just don't eat much nutrition. Most or not most, but a lot of them take ivermectin for river blindness. They do it in Ethiopia. If there had been a massive negative response from ivermectin we would have seen it there and yet at the same time if there have been massive covid deaths in those countries we would have seen that as well so why the medical establishment not at kelly's level but at the government level didn't look over there and say all right people are questioning ivermectin what's going on in the world where the most ivermectin use is actually happening right and how is it affecting anybody who has covid if they're getting COVID from it. Yeah, I've and, to, and really quick, done. Steve. I never heard the story. On to yep. your
6: point too, those countries you just mentioned actually had some of the lowest cases of COVID. Period. Some blamed it on weather and heat and all sorts of other things, but you got to wonder was that part of the factor?
0: Well, that and in, in, in America, and Kelly can check me on this, but African Americans here struggle with vitamin D levels. Um, they're not getting vitamin D any better in some of the countries in Africa than they are here, other than maybe there's a lot of sunshine, but it's still an absorption question. Correct. So if they're taking ivermectin, they don't have a lot of vitamin D in their diet, and their you know, immune systems are subject to as weakness as anybody else has because of nutrition. Why weren't there huge videos and TV reports from all the dead in Africa that didn't happen during COVID? Good point.
3: Exactly. And those people, those countries, by the way, are the ones that didn't get vaccinated. Uh, you know, Sub-Saharan Africa was largely unvaccinated. Uh, the vaccine rates in India were, were relatively low compared to elsewhere. Yet they had, you know, they used a lot of ivermectin, as Steve points out. They used it for other things, parasites, including river blindness and also intestinal parasites, uh, it's over the counter in all of those countries. Many people take it routinely, uh, and for malaria. So the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the use of hydroxychloroquine and the use of ivermectin in those countries for other things clearly had an impact. They didn't get vaccinated. And interestingly, when you look at rates of things like, oh, I don't know, sudden cardiac death, uh, you know, myocarditis, you know, falling fertility rates, we aren't seeing those things in countries you know in sub-saharan africa and other areas of the world that are largely unvaccinated for covid so i'm not you know again correlation does not equal causation but you you know we really are obligated to Mm -hmm. look at that and the cdc sure as heck is obligated to look at it and thus far they haven't
6: all right question that just came in this is perfect for both of you as well This person says, having keeping up with the news on the shot, the legal side of it, I mean, and has the shot gotten infant vaccination or has it been on the infant infant vaccination schedule yet? Has there been any significant litigation against the mandates or scrutiny of the efficacy or efficacy, I should say, of the shot?
3: Well, it certainly made it onto the childhood vaccination schedule. uh, And that was the brass ring that they were looking for, because once it's on the childhood vaccine schedule, even if they lose the emergency use authorization component to it, uh, it, once it's on there, they still get blanket liability protection. So the liability protection will then become as a result of its um, its appearance on the vaccine schedule. Uh, Note: right now, there's been no you know significant litigation or successful litigation uh, based on the mandates. There are lots of people filing suits. Uh, everybody from the military to, you know, kids who got kicked out of school, uh, people who are vaccine injured. And I think when and if we are ultimately able to prove fraud, uh, that this, you know, and that uh, the, the, the vaccine manufacturers actually, uh, perpetrated fraud in what they turned into the FDA or whatever else in hiding things. And we know that they did. We have right. the receipts. It's right. just a matter of, of proving it in court. Then a lot of that blanket liability protection will go away. I think you know the, the uh the jury we we we've not seen the end of this. This is gonna go on for I'm guessing the next couple of decades are going to be consumed with litigation yep. related to uh the COVID vaccine.
6: Steve, this is really more you know, not more in your wheelhouse, but in your wheelhouse definitely you watch this stuff on a routine basis. What are your thoughts?
0: Uh which part of it, <laughs> All I mean which yeah, about about the whole uh, the whole concept of infant vaccines. I mean, that and uh,
6: and, you know, they're making it on the schedule, the fact that there's not, you know, to Dr. Kelly's point, we haven't proven this in court yet. Uh, what, you know, how long will litigation go on? Will we ever will we ever get to the real truth? Will anybody's heads ever roll that kind well, of stuff?
0: Yeah, well, well, first of all, nobody's heads are ever going to roll because they will be they'll be, you know, the Patriot Act in 1947 will stop them from going to court over the idea that there's national security implications. The whole concept that a vaccine could end up on the mandatory list that is still under emergency use is ridiculous. Agree. If it's worthy of actually being a vaccine on the list, it should have been approved and not on the emergency use list. How you put it there, especially given the fact that even the CDC – The FDA, they admit that there are injuries from this. There's been study after study after study. There's injuries. So how do you take a vaccine that has a VAERS record that is horrible? There's injuries known. It's emergency use. There's no way that should be on the children's vaccine list. Hmm. And, oh, by the way, I don't think anyone will ever be held accountable for this. There is no way they will. Not Johnson & Johnson, not Moderna, not Pfizer, not Fauci. I agree. No one will ever end up in court over this.
6: I agree. Ever. All right, next question. I was going to ask you guys this one anyway. So, Dr. Kelly, this is a perfect comment that came in. Uh, Can you comment on the blood clotting that is mentioned in the documentary, Died Suddenly? And there's all sorts of other videos even outside of Died Suddenly talking about even what coroners are finding when it comes to, you know, the big, long, white strings of whatever coming out of, you know, the embalmed bodies and so on. What are your thoughts on all of that? Is a lot of that just hype? Is it really real? You, you know, Again, Dr. Kelly, I'm always careful to, to um, bring some of those things to the show, if you would, before I know full well that you know there's a lot of that going on versus some isolated case, although this whole embalming thing is getting bigger and bigger by the week.
3: Oh, I, I think it's 100% real. It's multifaceted, however. Uh, first of all, the spike, the spike protein on the outside of COVID-19 is damaging and toxic in and of itself. We know that it damages the endothelial lining, which is the inside lining of blood vessels, okay. and in and of itself can cause blood clots. That's why some small percentage of people who get COVID and get a bad case of it could end up with blood clots from COVID itself. The issue is when you get COVID the virus, you clear it relatively quickly. You wipe out the virus, then you stop having those spikes as a result because the virus is gone. Right. When you get vaccinated, however you become a little spike protein factory. And you are now in perpetuity creating, producing these toxic spikes, which is why the vaccinated who are creating, you're creating the very thing that causes damage to the inside of the blood vessel. So that's the first cause of blood clots. And we have seen, without question, an increase in heart attacks, strokes, and other clotting issues. The lipid nanoparticles, the little fat globules, if you will, that they deliver the messenger RNA in, in the vaccines are also toxic and damaging to blood vessel walls and can create blood clots on their own. Then thirdly, we are seeing what appears to be, uh, and without getting too complex into the genetics of it, the ability for these things to self-assemble, okay. these mRNA to give, to self-assemble into these White, rubbery, right. Kind of right. Rubber band. That's what I was mentioning a moment cigar. ago. That's what
6: embalmers are really seeing a lot of, right?
3: Yes, And, yeah. and, and okay. when you take one of these things, it does You take a normal blood clot, you know. You rub it between your fingers, it kind of dissolves. Okay. Um, and anyone who's had a bad, you know, nosebleed knows that. Um, but. These are not normal blood clots. They're white. They have a very different consistency, more like a rubber band. Um, they uh, they become very, very long, sometimes in you know feet long, right. the entire length of an extremity. And nobody's exactly sure. they don't have all of the normal components of blood in them at all. Uh, and so they seem to be more related to something a self assemblage uh, of something yeah, look like some foreign particle, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I think so, so it's no, this isn't hype. Um, these are not a bunch of nut jobs. We have people, you know, heavily, you know, highly trained, highly published pathologists who are saying this is the most bizarre thing we've ever seen, and we're finding them frequently. Hmm. Um, so I do think that it's a problem. I think we're going to see more of it.
6: Steve, you've seen some of these same things, yeah. some of the same videos out there that I was just mentioning as well.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I always marvel when I see a tiny baby about the fact that a baby, which is, you know, more than a billion cells, is somehow formed and it's normal and it has fingers and toes. Right. So you mess around with cells that start creating blood clots that aren't normal, that are, haven't been there. The leap to turbo cancers and the different stuff that's going on. I mean, the blood clots alone should have caused the FDA and CADC to say, hold on a minute. If the body is self-creating these things, that's akin to, you know, cellular technology inside the human body is driving itself into a direction that's not good for itself. What the heck is happening? Right. I mean, it's, it's out there for sure, but right. it worries the heck out of me when I see that kind of stuff, because then I see, you know, this week, Tim Wakefield died five months ago, major league players' wife dropped dead from cancer this week. I mean, they're young people. We see this over and over and over again. What is happening Yep. to the body that would allow it to make these clots, and what's that effect on cells and cancer and everything else we're seeing?
6: Great segue. Well, guys, we'll come right back. More questions, 307 200 Give me a text message. I'll get them answered. hi Five Plumbing is next,
5: 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. You'll soon be watering your lawn or washing your car, and High Five Plumbing can help you do it confidently. Through the winter, your exterior spigots and faucets may have frozen and thawed several times which could mean trouble when you want to use them. Main water lines may have cracks that weren't noticeable until now. And if you're seeing lowered water pressure, standing water in your yard or a high water bill, you need High 5 to come out and to see what the issue is. High 5 takes time to thoroughly inspect your concerns and uses cutting edge tools, gauges and technology to pinpoint the problem faster to get your plumbing back on track. High Five is also unique because they won't pressure you. If a problem is found, they'll give you a few options so that you can choose what works best for you. KLZ listeners, tell them that you heard them on Rush to Reason for an incredible $100 off a of repair. Just go to klzradio.com plumbing to find out more.
6: Golden Eagle Financial. There's a seminar coming up that Al's putting on next Saturday, the 9th, at Colorado Christian University. Register for that today by going to klzradio.com.
4: There's a new reality in planning for retirement. And Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial knows how to help you navigate it with success. You hear the arguments about Social Security, and many people are worried that they won't get out of it what they've paid into it. Al knows how to prepare you for that in case you don't get the benefits you expect. Your grandparents had pensions, but employers have shifted to making you responsible for retiring on your own. Al can help you strategize using securities like 401ks and IRAs as individual parts of your overall plan and advise you on making tough decisions like adjusting to your risk tolerance or making room for the things you want to do in retirement. Take control of this new reality and reach out to Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial today for a free no-obligation consultation by going to klzradio.com money. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor, BCA and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents.
6: All right, furnace trouble? Give Cub Creek a call today. Cub Creek Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at
1: klzradio.com. Cub Creek Heating and AC knows that solving your home's heating and cooling needs can be confusing. The energy industry can be complicated, and Cub Creek will help you navigate through it so you owe as little as possible. Denver is mostly served by a large power company, but many of the towns around it are served by smaller power companies, all with different policies and regulations. The team at Cub Creek understands these regulations so they can best advise you on what will save you the most. They walk customers through the options step-by-step, step, always keeping your overall net cost in mind. Most companies say they'll get you the biggest rebate but sell you the most expensive equipment, so you lose money in the end. And Cub Creek isn't a commission-based company, so there's no chance you'll be upsold. They will give you all the options, and you choose how to proceed. Learn the facts and save money with Ream Pro Partners' Cub Creek Heating and AC today by going to klzradio.com hvac.
2: Now, back to Rush to Reason, presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five.
6: All right, we are back. Myself, Dr. Kelly Victory, Steve House, our last segment with them. And Dr. Kelly, and Steve, you can chime in on this afterwards, too. There's an article that came out right before we came on today. I didn't get a chance to even send this to you guys, but it's an article titled, Bad Cholesterol Gene Silenced Without Altering the DNA. Sequence. So, by silencing the gene responsible for regulating bad cholesterol without altering the primary DNA sequence, researchers have shown that it's possible to use uh, epigenic editing to treat diseases rather than conventional DNA. I mean, is that going along with some of the things we've talked about with mRNA treatments?
3: It, yeah, I think that's exactly what I'm talking about. And there, there, there's a huge, I mean, there's an endless number of things we could potentially treat by modifying or modulating the genetics. Uh, in a way, and it would be terrific to be able to just drop in, make one tiny little change, and the only impact it has is that low and low, you can eat whatever you want, and your bad cholesterol or any cholesterol that's ending up uh, causing atherosclerotic uh, disease goes away. Uh, so, sure, that's terrific, and we may ultimately get there. Okay. We may ultimately be able to come up with a vaccine that's based on one of these genetic things. I'm simply saying we sure as heck are not there yet, and we are doing the idea of uh, of including things that are toxic within the shot, right. the, the nanoparticles themselves, or doing things like, you know, why in the world you would choose with these vaccines to have it based on, you know, making the very thing that's toxic, the, the spike, the thing that we knew from the beginning was not only the thing most likely to, to get, you know, to mutate and therefore mutate its way out of being, you know, affected by the vaccine, but also the thing that's, that's toxic in its own right, that causes blood right. clots and right. inflammation and all these things in its own right. So why you would do that. But yes, there are, I'm not saying that genetic uh, modification isn't doesn't have a huge potential down the road, but I am suggesting that like everything else in medicine, we do it cautiously, slowly, mm-hmm. uh, and, and with the amount of testing that you would expect, and never breach the number one rule of medicine, which is that we never use a treatment or therapy on a group of people on whom it has never been tested, Mm -hmm. including, for example, like COVID, you know, giving these to pregnant women or children or people with underlying autoimmune diseases and on and on. It was unconscionable.
6: Agreed. Steve, one of the things that bothers me about all of this personally, and I'm not you, I'm not Dr. Kelly either, but when you start messing with quote-unquote what God designed, and I realize that, you know, we're infallible and things happen, there's disease and so on, and I get that as part of a fallen world, but when you start messing with the basic, you know, building blocks of a human being, and not, to Kelly's point, not knowing what some of the side effects may be, are we not trying to play God then?
0: You know, John, we should have a conversation at some point about three subjects that all go together in my mind. One is exactly what you're talking about in the genetics. Two is not only the impact of genetic scientists, but the guys who run CRISPR programs around the country, modifying the DNA of animals and other things because they can, and they can do it in their garage. And the third piece of this is AI. Um, What is going to happen? I Mm. mean, we've talked about talking about the future at some point, but I see AI in medicine rampantly being used uh, very quickly, partly because... People who look at medicine and they see the cost problems we have, three quarters of the hospital in the country are losing money. Um, they see access problems you can't get in to see people and they say, you know, AI is kinda like a holy grail, right? It solves problems, diagnoses faster, talks to patients, all that stuff. But what is the implication of now mRNA mRNA technology with an envelope into a cell, add that to the boys who are running CRISPR in their garages, add that to geneticists and what they're doing, and then throw AI in for the mix. What's going to happen?
6: And, and Dr. Kelly, I see some of what Steve's saying to where they're through the things we've even talked about today. They're, They're really trying to get all of us to accept this as normal. In other words, they're normalizing all of this when, in fact, personally, this stuff scares me to death.
3: Well, and I think rightly so, it stares you to death. If you look at it, because you have to look really at what's happening. With all of the advances in medicine, all of these new things, we are as unhealthy as right. we've ever been. Right. Unhealthier in fact. We have higher rates of heart disease, higher rates of diabetes, higher rates of obesity, higher rates of autism, higher rates of everything. Mm-hmm. What is causing that? And I would submit to you that it's the beast. It's the industrial, the medical industrial complex.
6: Mm-hmm. We are
3: feeding into it. They make you fat, then they come up with the quote yep. fix. Yep. They, they give you high cholesterol, then they, you know, parachute in with the statin drug. You know, they give you the, you know, whatever it is, it, and then they, they set about fixing it. Did you see, have you watched the Super Bowl? Did you happen to notice all the Pfizer ads for the anti-cancer drugs, the anti-cancer shots that they're coming up with? So, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist, but they come up with an mRNA COVID shot that causes turbo cancers and cancer rates to go through the roof. And less than, you know, two years later, they now are going to parachute in as, you know, on their white horse with the, with the cure for cancer. Um, So I think, I think you are rightly suspicious of them because everything they are doing is resulting instead in worse health, worsening health. And we need to all take control and say, you know what, I'm done with it. I'm stepping back. I don't want all your toxic brew. I'm going back to the basics of good nutrition. Whole foods, real food, daily exercise, you know, regular sleep patterns, stress mitigation, all of those Mm -hmm. things. And start taking control yourself of your health because the system is not working in your best interest.
6: And, Steve, you know me. We've had many a conversation even before ever having COVID and Dr. Kelly meeting her and so on. You and I talked about technology and the advancements of and so on. And you know me. I'm a big tech guy. I, I love technology. You know, I love advancements. I'm never against it. But in this particular case, and I said it a moment ago, this stuff scares me to death because I just don't feel like the, the how do I want to say it, Steve? I just don't feel like what they're looking for is in our best interest.
0: Well, John, in your, in your world, I mean, the, the comparison would be, you know, building a car that can go 500 kilometers an hour on city streets. You know, it can do that, but just because it can do it doesn't mean it's yeah. not, not a lot more dangerous, right? And you've got to be careful with it. I, I, I do worry so much about the proliferation of technologies that are being used by just people in situations where they want to play and experiment and what's going to come out of that. And, then, of course, you've got the government and the, the patents and all the payments that are going right. on for those guys with patents. It's all a very poor incentive system right now. It's, a, it's not regulated properly. It's not, it's not, the justice of it is not managed properly. When all those things are happening at the same time, we're in for trouble. I agree. We're seeing it.
6: And you know what? I will take your advice. I'll add some of these things to our notes for some future things. Between the three of us, we'll start texting some things back and forth. We're out of time, though. Steve, as always, I appreciate you very much. Thanks for doing this and getting it all set up in the first place.
0: By the way, John, four out of five vaccinated doctors are going to tell us that this program is too stressful for their patients. Yeah, that's we'll a fact.
6: <laughs> that's a anyway. fact. Steve, thanks, man. Appreciate you, Doctor Kelly. I mean, we we joke. Although, if we didn't, if we weren't laughing and joking, we'd be crying because of where we're at.
3: Exactly. And and again, we're just trying to have open and honest discussion and uh, make people think a little bit. Uh, What you're hearing in the mainstream media isn't the whole story. That's right.
6: That's right. Dr. Kelly, as always, thank you very much.
3: Thank you You for having me. Talk soon.
6: Have a great night. Appreciate it. Dr. Kelly, Steve House, again, find Dr. Kelly, especially on our website, RushToReason.com, a whole page dedicated to her. Veteran Windows and Doors is up next. Today, last day, you can still make an appointment, 45% off entry doors with free labor. Find Dave at com.
5: Owner Dave Bancroft of Veteran Windows and Doors knows you don't buy a car without knowing what motor is inside. So why would you buy Windows and Doors without knowing their efficiency rating for your area of Colorado? Dave left the corporate world of windows and doors because he knows their salespeople purposely omit crucial information. The giant window and door companies look at you as a number, not a person. Veteran will select the products that will help you, the customer, and be right for your home. They want to educate you before you make the purchase, since these products are meant to protect you and your home from heat and cold. Veteran wants you to know exactly what you are getting and the benefits of the right windows for your home. Don't get pressured into buying windows from some huge company that is simply transactional. Contact Veteran Windows and Doors by going to klzradio.com slash window. That's klzradio.com slash window.
6: All right, Bruce Simmons, he's our reverse mortgage professor. You might find that that's an answer for some of your financial needs, and you may not know all the ins and outs of it and have heard even horror stories about it. But call Bruce today and find out how it works for you. Find Bruce at klzradio.com.
8: A reverse mortgage can make sense for you. in your pocket. Call Bruce Simmons for a free consultation at 303-467-7821. That's 303-467-7821 or schedule online now at klzradio.com/reverse. And MLS 409914 American Liberty Mortgage is an equal housing lender.
6: Hey, and a lot of things Dr. Kelly just talked about that involved stress. She told you reduce it. Well, one of the ways to reduce stress when it comes to buying and selling a home is k Home Transitions, and I mean that sincerely. Find them today by calling
9: 720-437-8210. Catherine and Robin with K&R know how to make you the most money on the sale of your home. A recent client told them that he saw how hard they worked for someone else in his neighborhood, the open houses, their research digging deep on home valuations in that area, and the way that they presented the house to potential buyers. He knew that they just get it. Cat and Robin are creative, and they are hard-nosed when they need to protect you from another realtor or problem person. Having two sets of expertise and individual strengths helps maximize what your home can sell for. They watch the contractor making a fix on your home, and they check out the home inspection items that don't seem quite right. Catherine knows how to present the home well and maximize the relationships. Robin will slay the dragon, and anyone who stands in the way of selling your home should be very afraid. You need the real estate protectors, Catherine and Robin from K&R Home Transitions. Contact Catherine and Robin today at klzradio.com forward slash home or call them at 720-437-8210. All right, Ridgeline Auto
6: Brokers, another location opening up on Monday in Fort Collins. They will take care of all of your repair needs and selling you a new used car. Ridgelineautobrokers.com.
10: Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Do you need high-quality auto repair? Then look no further. Ridgeline Auto Broker specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars and $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. At Ridgeline, we pride ourselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why we never charge any dealer fees. Plus, all of our vehicles are inspected by our team of ASE certified technicians. You can trust that the car you're buying is in excellent condition. And remember, we can also service your vehicle after the sale. At Ridgeline, we offer competitive financing options for vehicle purchase or for vehicle repairs. Ridgeline now has two locations, one in Boulder and now a second location in Fort Collins, located at 1101 North College Avenue. Both locations offer full-service auto repair and a host of off-road accessories. Check out all our services at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline, the smart way to buy or service your car.
2: It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, that's it for
6: Hour 1. Hour number 2 coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.